Hey, Just Try This crew. This is Amy Landino, your co-host of Just Try This. I wanted to pop on here really quick because, once again, Brian and I got so excited about when we were recording our podcast that we didn't really think about the fact that something could happen and it would come out at a later date. So, this is a fun little warning that we're going to talk a lot about the new year. <laughs> and hopefully you can forgive us for this this time. But I'm very excited to update you. Brian and I both just got back from San Diego from Social Media Marketing World where we got to meet a lot of you in person and just the feedback. I mean, it's been online so far, so talking to people in person, it's been amazing. You guys are absolutely blowing us away with how much you're enjoying this as much as we are. So look forward to some new episodes coming from that very event where we sat down together to talk about some more things that you should just try. But in the meantime... Please forgive us for this little New Year's little celebration, I guess we'll call it. Um, it's a little out of context, but as always, the message is still very important. So thanks so much. She wants you to go after the life you want, and he wants you to press the damn button. They're both business-minded creatives who travel the globe speaking to live audiences about how to get digital attention. Now they're teaming up to bring you into the experience. Welcome to Just Try This with Brian Fanzo and Amy Landino. Okay. What's up, Brian Fanzo? What's up, Ms. Amy Landino? I'm you're still not, you're, are you still not used to saying my I am not. My, I, have to, I have to say I have to. <laughs> it's been a and year. It, and you know what? You know, but the funny part is I'm used to saying it, but then when I'm talking to someone, when I say it, they get that like, wait, how do I, I should know that person. So then I have to qualify every yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. it's for me. It's, it's, you know, like, and I'm like, Amy Spitower. And then, then, then I always laugh because I'm like, I started being able to say your last name better once you got married. Yeah. Because then <laughs> I was enough like, practice. yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, it took me too long. So it's, uh, it's funny how that works. That's hilarious. Well, happy New Year's. Eve to you. New Year's Eve. This is, do you have any idea how excited I am? This is like my favorite day of the year. Is it? Really? First of all, we always do a New Year's Eve party. Always meaning this is the second annual. <laughs> <laughs> because we got married in 2017. And it's very hard when you have to share holidays with, you know, when you get married, you realize how many holidays you have to like yep. share with different families. Yes. And I was like, I want my own holiday. Like right off the bat, I'm not waiting to have kids. I'm not waiting for some big pinnacle moment. We've right. been married for a certain amount of time. I want a holiday right now. New Year's Eve is that holiday. We have a host. We host a party. We did it our first year, and it was a smash hit. Nice. So we're having another one tonight. It's going to be great. Awesome. But that probably matters to me the most because I am such a geek for New Year's. I love New Year's resolutions. Yep. I'm that person. You are. My people are out there. I know. <laughs> and then there are people who are like, oh, I hate those. I don't have them. I don't believe in them. And I think it's healthy either way to have your decision made about that. But something, not just resolutions, but something that you and I talk about a lot around this time of year is what are we going to come to expect for this new year, especially sure. when it comes to business. A lot of businesses right now are thinking, where should our attention be for our new year? We're outlining budgets. We're outlining quarters. What should we be focused on? Where are the eyeballs? Yep. And I think that's what we wanted to talk a little bit about today. So, Where are those pesky millennials hanging out and spending their money? Right. Like, that's the, exactly. That's the you know, and I also think this is that, we, you know, like, I'm very pro, and I think maybe this is the optimist in me always, like anyone that finds a reason to set new goals or try something different or hold themselves accountable. I don't care what day of the, I, like, I love that. Right. Like I, I find so much 
I find so much joy in knowing people are, are putting themselves out there that are making claims. Even if we know that a majority of these claims that, or these goals that people are having aren't going to come true or they're, they're going to struggle and they might change their goal. You know, it's, you know, it's the old joke. You know, anyone that goes to the gym in January knows that a majority of them will not be around in February. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, at least they're in the gym in January yep. because in December we've been sitting around, you know, eating and, and you know, and I also, I, you know, I, for me being a dad, um, the new year is interesting from a dad perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughters are younger. My my oldest will turn nine uh, January this month, and my actually youngest will turn five. So I, I will. Uh, they both are, are January birthdays. Oh, wow. But I also it's just like for for them it's such like a like their birthdays are everything. Like we count down their birthday for like six months out, yeah. five months. I mean it's kind of ridiculous. As you should. Well, as we should, of course. And but at the same time. It's fun seeing them excited because everyone else is excited about something. And it's, you know, it's, it's around Christmas and New Year's and new starts, new beginnings. Uh, even funny things like practicing writing the date now because you know, you know, everyone's going to write for the next couple of weeks. We're going to still gonna put 2018 on it mm-hmm. and have to scratch it out. But um, I also think that you, know, you and I, we do a lot in the marketing space, mm-hmm. social media, video. Um, we've been inundated for the last 60 days mm-hmm. um, with... F- 150 requests for us to give a a, a prediction, um, yes, a trend. Tell us the future. Tell us the future. Predict Ugh. the world. Um, and I think it's 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 kind of one of those things funny where we, where we tolerate it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there, because it's very very kind. First of all, that yes. they think enough of us that we can predict the future. So there's that for sure. But there's but. also an element of like, does anyone remember what we predicted in 2017 that didn't I come know, true right? in 2018? Like I can. Yeah. Let me tell you. Okay. Because the answer that I've given and the same thing people say every year, and I've been saying this since 2016, and I definitely talked about it in 2017 because I launched my book, Vlog Like a Boss, in January 2017. Every year is the year of video. It is. And this is no different because you and I have a lot of experience specifically in this sector of marketing. For sure. Is storytelling with video. Yes. And it's never going out of style because there is still so much opportunity in it and there's still so much underutilization. So I'm curious from your standpoint. So 2016, that, that, that being okay, 2016 is going to be a year of video. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Because I, I agree with you, and I, but I think there's this element of like the value of video has even shifted over these couple of years totally. and even what video looks like and why we're doing video. Yep. But funny vertical enough, vertical is acceptable vert- now. Yeah, vertical is acceptable. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I did a, I did one of my keynotes recently on vertical and it was hilarious watching everyone look at my tripod and they're like, what are you doing with your phone that direction? And I was like, well, I'm actually recording it vertical. And they're like, it was like mind blowing. Yeah. Right. It was like, I thought that this was is how HD is supposed to be. Yes, filmed. yes, exactly. And which, which is a very interesting piece, but from 2016 to 2018, like for those that are listening now mm-hmm. and remember, I think the other thing about video is to, remember is that video works differently for everyone, every business, every brand, right? And just because you did a video marketing campaign in 2016 and it didn't work, doesn't mean you can't do a video marketing campaign in 2019 and, and it'll crush, right? Like the, the, there's so many th- variables that have changed. Mm-hmm. Even our attention spans changed. Uh, I mean, we, we are definitely living in the Netflix on demand generation. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be disrupted. We want um, we want things to kind of be you know, presented to us in a way that is humanized. And, you know, I, I talk about this a lot on stage that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has gone all in on video, even more so live video, because he just believes that video is the closest we get to the offline connection, right? You see eyeballs, you see nonverbal cues, it's harder to fake, harder to, to mail. But from your standpoint, 2016 to 2018, what are some of the things that maybe not, not have gone away, but were a trend, and then now we've, done, we've shifted a little bit in the video space? 
Um, that's a good question. I think th- things come in and out all the time. It, and also, you c- it could be everything from timestamp and what we just said, like vertical versus versus horizontal. Um, remember Vine? Oh, yes. Six-second six video was video. hot. It was hot. Where's six-second video now? Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, I'm not doing six-second video anywhere. No one's doing six-second because nope. they don't have to. Right. Um, what was Instagram had 15 second video after Vine had six. So we were excited to get some extra time. And now Instagram's a minute. Minute, yep. And now we have Instagram stories, which is a whole nother. Right. Story. And then we have Instagram TV where it's 10 minutes. Like, exactly. I mean, like whole, I mean, like. So I think it's just been, um, we've been looking a lot at the platforms to dictate what we could do and what we like might want to try to do. And I don't know if that's been the best decision. You do have to conform in context. You have to understand if you get 15 seconds, what are you going to do with 15 seconds? There's no fighting that. But also, (laughs) why are you on Instagram? Who's there? Who are you listening to? What what did the audience want that was a brilliant idea idea to do in 15 seconds? And that's a completely different separate conversation. So when we sit here and we say stuff about leveraging video and using video and making sure that you do that... It's mostly because video is the way we are communicating now. Video is the conversation. Video is the story. Video has a lot to do with it. Even in the audio world, they're leveraging video to promote what they're doing. Video is being leveraged to promote the written form. I mean, everything about video is super important. It's just a matter of the context where you are and why you're there. And that should be based on the people who move the bottom line for you and are your audience. So... I would say a lot has changed, yeah. a lot, even to the point where uh, I think it was it was educated si- significantly that if we're going to look at places like YouTube to learn how to do video, then it was like, okay, we need to get a face of the brand to talk on camera. And now we're seeing the influencer movement in a big way because right. brands are realizing, oh, why don't we just leave the professional creators to what they do and just attach our name to the right situations so we don't have to have video in-house or we don't have to vet somebody in the company to be the face of the brand because nobody nobody feels confident yep. or we don't feel confident in those people. We're or not sure which employee. Exactly. <laughs> our confidence in the employee staying. Um, there's a lot of variables in that, which is why I think the influencer movement, not only effective and hot, but like great for not having to make that decision in-house. For sure. So I think a lot has changed. And I don't think that that's a bad thing that the influencer movement has given us an opportunity as brands to get our name out there without actually having to commit to a strategy in-house. But I don't think it's sustainable. Right. I agree. And you really do need somebody who knows the brand, knows it best, and can speak to it. And maybe they aren't even the face of what this video thing is, but they're the leader of it. They're the director of it. They're the producer of it. And they are helping to instruct what that campaign should look like in-house. It doesn't mean you can't use a consultant. It doesn't mean you can't go influencer. It doesn't mean you can't use an agency or a production studio. But companies should really realize how much we all have to be media oriented as well. Not only are you selling your product, you need to be a media company. And that means having these people running this show full time in house, this show, meaning any video campaign that you might be doing or any, if you have a marketing department, there should be some part of that department that is focused on video full time, full time, full time. Couldn't agree more. It doesn't matter if you have something beautiful to show off, if your offices are gorgeous, it, it doesn't have anything to do with that. The joke is always about social media. I don't feel like showing you what we had for lunch. Right. 
We don't care what you had for lunch. We don't. Unless you are telling us how to eat healthy and <laughs> make amazing lunches in five seconds. No, I don't I don't want your lunch right. on my social media either. You are taking the lazy way out for sure. and not thinking about what the end user actually would want to hear from you. And I think, you know, I, I like to say a lot of times when we're looking at the video, you know, the question becomes, how do you build trust in a digital world, right? And then on top of trust, trust is built because you have that conversation, you have that connection with somebody, mm -hmm. but you have to shrink the distance between online and offline connections. And I think video, not, I, let's not even say that. I don't think it is. I know video is the answer to shrink our distance online, mm -hmm. but that requires a strategy. It requires consistency. It requires a voice. It can requires commitment, yeah. right? And it's amazing still, you know, and I think that we both, we actually share some clients, uh, which is kind of funny from, uh, you know, from the video craze. And I think mm -hmm. there's some people now that will look at the work that, you know, your team does it with Aftermark, with like SAP, a company that I worked with uh, kind of at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, I want to do what SAP is doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm quick to be like, well, you realize three years ago, they weren't sure what they were doing. And they threw some things out there. We tried a whole bunch of stuff. And then we started to get some a ball rolling. And then we got one advocate. And then we got two advocates across two departments. And then we got a third department. And then they started to realize they want to invest real money and make you know up the level of the production value. For companies today that want to come in and shortcut that, it's hard. It's hard to prove the value to your boss on the, on the video. But the, the question, though, the thing that I want to say is that just because it's hard does not mean you don't have to do it. Because the more time you keep putting off video, the harder it's going to be to make this groundswell to be consistent because I mean there's there's companies out there now that are that have a pretty darn good portfolio of four years of video to know what they should do as well as what they shouldn't and in this space if you're not willing to start already you're, you're really just continuing to push this out further yeah absolutely and it's overwhelming right like we're just sitting here going just try this <laughs> leverage video go ready go. go and it's tough but like this SAP is actually a really good example yep. you teed us up because you, they had to go through a period of time, and maybe they even had somebody before you, but right. there was there was a period of time working with you that they went through like a lot of like fun stuff with live video. You know, remember Blab? Oh yeah, of course you do, because like you were all up in Blab. Uh -huh. I just like saying that because it's the funniest phrase. Do you remember do you Blab? Remember Blab? Yep. <laughs> like Blab being a live streaming tool, and uh, and the other things like Periscope and stuff like that. SAP was really willing to try a lot of things. They and were. those experiments led to the storytelling series that they're doing with us today and the live streaming booths that they set up at their events today with us. For sure. It just so happens to be what we offered versus what you offered. And that evolution was really cool to see. It's so hard to remember that you have to start somewhere when yes. you're looking at what you want. For sure. And that's why when someone uses Red Bull as an example, I'm always mm -hmm. like, hold on. Like, there was a day when Red Bull wasn't very good at video. And there was a day when totally. Red Bull threw a whole bunch of video out there and people said, why the heck does a energy brand, energy drink have a media channel? Why are they sponsoring, you know, motorbike shows? And why do they have, and all of a sudden, like that groundswell took off, right? Totally. And I think that's, that's us. There's also an element now where I, th I think video, and I, I think this is also one of those things where you can't compare video apples to apples on anything, right? Like when people come to me, sometimes I hear, they're like, well, Brian, when I watch someone on TV, and they, they always say TV, which is mm -hmm. funny to begin with, um, they say, when I watch someone on TV, like they're so polished, produced, I'm not that. And I'm like, no kidding. They went to school for that. They've been right. doing that for 22 years. But what you are, are someone that can start to tell your story and get used to creating video from your phone or from a, mm -hmm. from a nice camera or, you know, and getting that, that piece. I mean, I think this is, you know, I, I talk a lot that, you know, the companies that are coming to me and they're, they're really scared of video, I actually ha tell them they need to do five FaceTime videos th that this upcoming week. You need to FaceTime your family five times. And they're like, wait, 
but why would that be my video? And I'm like, because you're not used to even looking at yourself mm-hmm. on video, right? Like, and it is a different concept. It takes a while to get used to. I think we both, we do a, both do a really good job of like almost making fun of ourselves and like laughing at, at what we do on videos and yeah. being okay. We were talking about it at lunch today. Like, I mean, there's an element of, you know what? I got used to my own quirks. I understand things that I do well, do things that I don't well. Um, we also have understood because we've tried things and they failed. I mean, SCP is a great example. I mean, there was a couple of things that we tried. I was all in. We did it. And I was like, nope, I wouldn't do that again. Like, you know, like, <laughs> but like at the time, it just seemed so right and on right. brand and on mission. But thank goodness I did, right? Because it, it's allowed us to walk it back and then do this. And you then failed forward. Failed forward. It's perfect. Without, without question. Because you, you had all the chops and the experience and the expertise to be able to say, this in theory should work. Yep. So let's do it and find out. You're not going to actually know if it will work. Right. You can't predict that. You don't know if it's going to work until you do it. And then you do it and you go, okay, here are all the reasons why that doesn't work. Are they fixable or not? And if they're not, cool, what's next? Yep. We know we've we've tried that. And there's also an argument as to how, mon- how many times you have to try something before it's considered a failure. Correct. So we're not saying if you do a live stream to, in, in a few hours and nobody shows up that you never do it again because <laughs> it's a high, very high likelihood that nobody's no, no going to show, show up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news, nobody's showing up to your first live feed. But and if there is somebody, it's your spouse or your mom. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But one thing I just want to say, just I want to break down some of these obstacles between now and leveraging video for you if it's not something that is um, so much in your strategy or you haven't even started yet. And one thing that tends to resonate with people, and Brian's heard me say this many times from stage, and it's usually my thesis uh, across the entire presentation, that is to stop looking at the camera like it's a camera, look at the camera like it's a person. It doesn't matter if your videos don't actually have a human on right. camera, or if they are um, origami folding videos and it's hands only in the video, the the concept is still super important. When you look at the camera like it is the vehicle for your message rather than this inanimate object that could be judging you or not working properly, or this weird moment that you're having that you just can't get on the same page as it, it's the medium for your message. You use it, the message gets out there. However, in order for it to be effective, you need to talk to it like it is your person, like it is your perfect customer, like your audience member, like your avatar. I personally design an avatar for everything that I do. And one that I talk about a lot is the audience member for Amy TV. And her name is Charlotte. And I know everything about Charlotte so that when I'm talking to the camera, because I do talking head video, when I'm literally talking to the camera, I'm talking to Charlotte. I know what she's thinking about. I know what her questions are on the topic that I'm discussing today. I know what keeps her up at night. I know what her day is like. I know everything about her so that I can customize that content for her perfectly. And so because of that, I can reverse engineer what's going to happen here. This is where the video should go. This is where the video should get promoted. This is what she needs to see and hear in all of those places in order to engage. This is what she needs to be thinking by the end of the video in order to take the step I need her to take when it's over. All of these things matter and they have to do with knowing who your target is. And when you keep that person in mind, you need to think of them and only them for the duration of that content. Without question. That's, I, I mean, that. that's a big thing. And, and I know that that is, um, it shifts a lot of people's mindset when they hear it because sure. it's so easy to look at, let's say worst case scenario, that what you wouldn't do, that's what you would do. Right. What you wouldn't do is look at the camera and 
freak out a little bit, press record before you're ready. You know, maybe you have too many notes that you need to literally read off the paper. But a lot of times people start recording a video and they don't know what else to do except for read their elevator pitch. Right. Because it's the only words that they've basically memorized. And you're wasting the precious moments at the start of a video that someone's deciding to spend that time with you. For you're sure. not thinking of them. You're thinking of yourself. You're thinking of how you're going to survive the beginning of a video and how you're going to turn it into something worth value. And you shouldn't be doing that. You should be thinking about the person. You should be thinking about how little time they have. You should be thinking about the fact that they're standing in a grocery line right now right. waiting to be next because they didn't use Instacart for some reason, which I don't understand. And <laughs> now they're bored and they're watching a video passively on their phone. So what are you doing wasting their time? When you reshape who you're talking to, that content looks a lot different. And I would say that that's been the biggest thing that has set me ahead of the game. I didn't start making video before anyone else. Like I made like I was very late to the game of making video. I was late to YouTube. I was late to business content that was useful. I did not have any thought leadership. But when it came down to I need people to know I'm alive so they'll hire me. I need them to trust me and I need them to hire me for a specific reason and not for anything else. I need to keep their focus on the subject matter and on me and my expertise. And if they don't know who I am and they don't trust me yet, they don't know, like, or anything me, then I need to deliver in the shortest amount of time possible. So short timestamps on YouTube was my game. Right. And so much so that anytime Brian has talked about the jump cuts that I use in my videos, which are very um, frequently used in the YouTube space. Right. But in the business space, they maybe weren't so right, much. Weren't. And even though it seemed kitschy and weird, it was my way of shaving even more time off the timestamp. You don't hear me breathe. Right. So that's all because I'm thinking about who I'm talking to, how little time they have, and how little time I have to prove myself to them. And that is, is a very in-the-weeds way of saying, who are you talking to? Right. How are you focusing on them when the camera t- comes on? And that's so big because it's commitment. You're committing 100% to serving them, not yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And on video, it's very easy because we're the ones being the talking head or we're the one on the video. It's very easy for us to think, okay, what is the most easy for us being on the video? But it's ultimately the success of your video is by by understanding that that persona. Also, little things like, you know, when you're posting the video and understanding if that target demo is wh- where are they at in their day-to-day life? Um, the reason I, I fell in love with the kind of like Instagram stories and Instagram as a whole was because it was the first platform for me that guaranteed my audience was on mobile phone. Like mm. all of a sudden I was like, Oh, that's a I good was way like, of thinking of it. I was like, Holy cow. I don't have to worry because for me, Oh wow. Like I was, yeah, yeah it was like, you know, even Periscope for the most part was only consum- mm-hmm. consumed on a mobile phone for mm-hmm. a while until Twitter kind of um, took it over and brought it into the Twitter feed. But that was really easy for me because then I knew, okay, a hundred percent of the chance or 99% of the chance these people are on their mobile device. So now I need to act. I need to, I need to deliver content in that phone. Even my call to actions when I was doing early Periscope live video uh, on that side, were very mobile friendly like every call to action was a mobile type call to action because I could almost guarantee they weren't watching this on their desktop it wasn't on their Apple TV it wasn't something that they were watching there and so I think for people that are looking at video you also have to look at that right it's funny because I think sometimes we look at video we create video we put it out there and then we're like we don't understand why no one consumed it 
And we're like, well, actually, did you know what was going on that weekend? Or did you know what else that your ideal consumer was probably distracted doing this or they were probably busy doing this? And I think that is another piece of video. And then I also, um, and this is kind of, I would say, my prediction or my my current soapbox when it comes to video mm-hmm. is I'm a big believer in episodic video. Yeah. And I think this is this is one of those things for people that are worried about video or in this Netflix generation, like I will, be, we, we talked about on previous episodes, um, the, the, we both love TV, right? Right. Excuse me. We share our we share our love for TV, and I think there's an element of for me when I'm binging a show that I'm like, okay, I know this season has 12 episodes. I know that that I'm gonna binge the show. I know that the, it starts here and it ends here, and I'm like, I'm excited, right? The difference between that is when there's a show on TV, and I have no idea they're gonna be on 40 freaking weeks or whatever, yeah. however many weeks it is. I'm like, oh, I'll get to that. I'll bookmark it. I'll save it, right? There's an there's an element of understanding a start and a finish, right? And I think that's a trend we hear a lot just in storytelling. Like, if you present the finish to people at the beginning, and then you walk them through, they're much more likely to stay along because you're, you're kind of giving them what they want, and I think when we look at video moving forward, like, I think for brands, you know, uh, iTunes did this for podcasting. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they dropped the season. Right? You have you can now have yeah. the season in your podcast. And for many people in podcasting, you're like, wait, what's a season? Like we're episode four hundred and four, or you know, I was on your episode forty four. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like season two, episode eight. It right. was just episode forty four, right. and it has no qualifier around it. And so I think actually when you move into like an episodic content mindset, I actually think it helps it. It makes it easier to create content. Yeah. You and I for this, this podcast, right? We knew that we, Hey, we're going to, we're doing, we're going to do these kind of episodes. We want to do this many episodes. It's going to come out every, you know, this day of the week, every week Mm -hmm. that allows us to be locked in and like, Hey, we're going to hammer these out. We're going to do these in person. And if we hadn't had that, like if that wasn't our plan, it, it's a little bit more overwhelming and video is already scary enough. Right. It already, it's already time consuming enough. So I look at, I'm excited as we start looking at things and people coming out and saying, Hey, I'm doing a 12 part series or a friend of mine, you know, a friend, uh, Damien Ross, Damien Ross is doing the road to 300 and mm-hmm. he's doing 300 days of video. It's kind of fun because I know he's going to get another video every day. He does a video. It's under five minutes. He's doing 300 days in a row of it. And I kind of really enjoy the fact that I, I've told him multiple times, like I'm excited to see what you do between now and and 300 because he's in like the mid 250s at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, be- but I'm also excited because at 300 it goes away. Like it was, yeah. all, you know, it's like there's like that 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 element yeah. as well. It's like the, you know what's so funny about this is such a tangent. Remember how we were talking? I think we were talking offline about movies versus TV. Yes, we were. I think I just realized why I don't like movies as much as I used to, oh, and yeah? it's because of episodic content like Netflix. So think about it that way, right? If if let's say you plan a season of content, like we're doing a season of podcasts right, right. now. You end the season knowing there's going to be another season coming, both as the writers and as the audience. Yes. But there's this break that happens where there's feedback from the audience. Yes. Throughout the series and also in between this series uh, season and the next season. With a movie, it's just start to finish. It is. If the movie ends up being a failure, for whatever reason, it could be a million different variables in that. It just is. It's gone. It just is. Yep. Whereas I think 
a show. How many times have you said to somebody, oh, it's okay. Just get through the first two seasons. You'll love the third season. <laughs> You'll lot. be yes. hooked. <laughs> yes. Right? Okay, so what you're telling me is it takes 24 hours of watching this show for me to love it. I'm in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah which is <laughs> funny because they were like, for a, t- for a movie, we're like two hours, right? Like, right. Like, like, that is such a... That's right. So, so isn't that funny? Like, it is funny. You have so many more chances to get better yep. and make a series that people will be raving about. Now put that in context as a business, Yes. getting into episodic content online. What if you are breaking bad? Yep. And some people like Amy Landino just couldn't even get past the first episode <laughs> or the second episode and never continued. And everyone she talks to says, it's uh-huh. fine by the third episode or the second season. It depends on who you talk to. Right. You'll be hooked. Yep. That should give you hope for sure. that what you're doing, if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing it for the same audience, it gets better all the time, whether it's because of people's taste or shock value or your production's going to get better. In our Without situation, question. it gets better. You learn your audience better. You listen to the feedback. We've talked about listening to the feedback in the past. You listen to that feedback and you take it and you make the next one better and you make the next one better. And I can tell you from experience with almost 900 videos public on my current channel. I got a lot of good feedback for a lot of years, but it took a lot of finding the constructive criticism, pulling it out of them and listening to the good feedback to create great content where I get great feedback. And even better, I have more negative comments than ever because I've drawn a line in the sand and if you are a mediocre at best, I don't have feelings about you brand. Another thing we've talked about we have. that does nothing for you. For but sure. if you have a lot of lovers and a few haters, the haters are what make you different. They for are sure. what make you the chocolate, not the vanilla. Yep. You don't want to be the vanilla. Vanilla is delicious, but you don't want to be the vanilla. No. You want to choose a side. So it's really interesting. I think episodic content is such an edge. It is. And what's funny is so many companies come at it from a movie perspective. They do. Let's make one see how it goes that's such a good trend. and if it's not a hit we'll just bow out and pretend like it never happened which is amazing and, and for those you know we also talked about pivoting in a previous episode of the show and pivoting can be scary and it can be scary when you have to do it kind of um, out there on your own but the other thing that's built into episodic content when you start a new season pivoting is almost expected right like if you want to change the host of your show and end season one and start season two with a new host mm-hmm. that that does not come off near as shocking as like in to your point into the movie where it's like the unknown factor yep. right so if you want to be more comfortable at pivoting if you would get more comfortable at like hey you know like for me uh, you know one of the things like hey i'm gonna try a talking head podcast and i'm gonna do this many episodes and when i get to the end i'm gonna decide if it's good and then you know what that ends this season next season all of a sudden is gonna start and i'm gonna do interviews right and like and people are gonna be naturally okay with that because just like you said on tv shows there's also something to be said about you you almost gain respect right the the whole joke about podcasting i don't know if we've dro- we've dropped this completely on here but the average podcast does not make it seven episodes right, right. because podcasting is is probably one of the most unique hey we made it by we the did way. we did woohoo <laughs> thank you guys we love you we love you for yeah, supporting us yeah thank you um, but uh, you know the average one doesn't get seven because the feedback's kind of disconnected it's a hard game to play it's definitely a long game uh, i remember when i launched my, my the other podcast solo i said i'm making a commitment for 100 episodes and i put that out there on episode Zero. I was so proud of you. Thank you. That, and, and it was, and a lot and of how did you do you. that? It was zero, zero, one. Well, yep. I put it three as three digits. digits. Three digits. So everyone on my podcast um, has three digits and, and we 
now uh, at this date I have hit uh, 100 episodes so that's a very exciting thing for me right but that but that was a huge thing for me and I said it on episode zero and I can tell you I think it was probably episode 16 or so when I was like holy crap I committed to a hundred episodes. Like this is gonna be a lot of work, but mm-hmm. I can tell you, me putting that out there not only motivated me, but I had numerous people that told me, like Brian, I'm listening to your show just because I knew you were committed to this content. And for brands that are out there right now, I would question how many brands do we know of are committed to video marketing. We also, I mean, we you've said it since 2016 yeah. that video. It, this is the year of video. Yeah. But how are you showing? How, how are you? De- don't just say, hey, in our boardroom, we've said our budget is for video. Like if right. you're audience doesn't isn't aware of how committed you are to video then you aren't you're not doing yourself a favor absolutely and I think that's where this episodic comes from I think that's where it comes seasons I think working with influencers comes in that that realm and you you can you can dare to be different when you can when you're okay putting it out there like hey I'm committed and we're going to figure this out along the way SAP which is a shared client of ours mm-hmm. is a perfect example of them coming out and saying we're committed on trying a whole bunch of stuff and we're going to we're going to lean into what works which is why we like working with them and they're fun and they're not a sponsor of this show but they're someone that that is a brand that they're a B2B enterprise technology software solution not the sexy b2c that you hear as and example. not to call out our lovely client but i they have had their struggles with the understanding the importance of marketing because they're such a heavy hitter yep but what they did do they were like okay we understand this is a weakness we understand video is important let's roll like Bam. and they have totally shown up sure they've probably d- made some mistakes or done things that they aren't isn't the most spectacular in the world but they are so consistent it is absolutely worth noting that even if you were not the best at the first at the start and and you if you stay consistent it can always get better without question so huge so i want to wrap this up with um we clearly have a lot of thoughts on video i think there's <laughs> going to be a lot more video chats uh to come in the future especially in 2019 yes. which is right around the corner Woo-hoo. uh but here are your just try this moments of this episode talk to the person not the camera it doesn't matter who's doing it you could be the executive that's directing your team how to do this or you're trying to choose who you think would be best to lead this effort and it might be you because you know how to talk to that person best think about it that way and you'll know who needs to be leading this effort for your organization go mobile it's simple it's not just oh cool quick and dirty you can start today go mobile it's the simplest way to make great content without having to worry too much about the grand production and and all the extra bonuses that come with such uh, a difficult form of content creation which we are not trying to say it's not hard making video there's a lot of elements here Um, and finally think like a series not like a movie there you can always go up from there but if you just put your little dock out and then it doesn't fly what are you going to do with that and think like a series and it'll get better from there Definitely want to say thank you for an awesome start to this podcast in 2018. We're Woo-hoo. so excited that you could be here with us and listen every week and that you somehow keep up with us. We know how fast we talk, <laughs> we talk and, fast. <laughs> and how crazy this experience is, but it's our little experiment to see, you know, if who can hang yeah. and you have hung with us. So thank you. And we appreciate that. And we're committed to keeping go- keeping on going in 2019 and beyond. And I think it's even more exciting to see where we take this and even try to take this beyond the podcast. And I think it's something that totally. we envisioned since day one. And thanks to your guys' support, thanks to you guys kind of being on this journey with us, not only did you validate that, but you got us excited and more motivated to take this to the next level in 2019. Yeah, so thank you for that. Thanks for tuning in. 
congrats. You made it to 2019. Woohoo! And we'll see you on the next one. It's party time. New Year's Eve party. Woo! Cheers.